0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Buffalo Bills could win the division this week and be the two-seed in the AFC. Or they could miss the playoffs altogether. So what do we make of that? What's most likely to happen? Also, what's up with the Bucks? And are the Clippers back? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. It's hard to remember a team having more at stake in Week 18 than the Buffalo Bills have this weekend when they could either be the two-seed in the AFC or done. And if they're done... It raises all sorts of questions about the future of this organization, potentially. So I would guess that there's a little bit of pressure in that building right now. But look, pressure make diamonds. That's what you got to think if you're the Buffalo Bills right now. Joe Marino, a diamond on the Locked On Podcast Network, our host of Locked On Bills, joins me now. And Joe, uh, this is a game that we've seen already once this season. Buffalo handled it, but this has been a roller coaster team so far this season. What, What version of this team do you expect to see Sunday? Well, hopefully we
2: see the version that you saw in week four when they beat the Miami Dolphins 48 to 20. But at this point in the season, week four feels like 100 years away. And I think that's true for both teams where the dynamics are just different. And that's kind of what's fun about playing a division team early in the season and then getting them again later is there's so much evolution throughout the course of the season. These are two really, really different teams. We know what's at stake for the Bills. Now, they could still lose and make the playoffs, but the simplest path is win. You're the two seed and you host the seven seed, and you don't have to go to Baltimore unless you get to the AFC Championship game. And I think that's what it's at stake for both teams. The same path exists for the Miami Dolphins, who
1: if they win, they're also the two seed. This is a remarkable uh, set of circumstances. This is what the NFL wants, by the way. This is why they set up so many of these division games. They stack them later in the season. And so this would have been unthinkable, what, a month ago, six weeks ago, where it looked like they were just toast. So how did they fight and scratch and claw their way back to here? Well, Peter, it's a different script than you
2: may anticipate. You mentioned the Bills were in a hole, 6-6, six and 7-6 six, and six at one point. They've won four in a row and five of the last six to put themselves in this position uh, to have a chance to be the two-seed in the AFC. And it's really not about Josh Allen throwing the ball to Stephon Diggs. You, you kind of wish that was a, a bigger part of the formula. That connection's not working at all right now. The Bills are running the ball and playing defense. That's what's going on here with an opportunistic passing offense as they've kind of hit a slump with their passing game it's not consistent it's statistically very poor really over the last four games but they're four and oh and the formula has been James Cook has been some occasional big plays in the passing game and it has really been lights out defense that's really been the identity of the team where they're getting great pressure on the quarterback they're making plays on the back end they've had some great reinforcements to their defense week uh back in week four week five they had lost Matt Milano Daquan Jones and Tredavious White. Well, Brandon Bean's done a great job of replacing those players. He signed Linval Joseph to help replace Daquan Jones, but Daquan Jones is back now. He returned last week from the pectoral injury, and then they acquired Rasul Douglas from the Green Bay Packers, which has just been an unbelievable addition. He leads the NFL in takeaways since he's come to the Buffalo Bills, He was fresh off being the AFC defensive player of the, uh, the week last week for his efforts against the New England Patriots. And so they're playing great defense, they're running the football, and they're opportunistic through the air. And uh, it's just, you kind of keep wondering, is it going to wake up? Is Josh Allen going to get it going to Stefan Diggs once again? Because if that happens, then you kind of get really excited about what the rest of the season looks like.
1: And and you have to, especially given the way that this AFC looks, I, I do have to just say, I I believe I texted you when they made that yeah, Russell, Russell Douglas trade and said, you're going to love this guy. And I, I think right now you probably love this guy. Uh, the uh, the path to the, the Super Bowl, though, whether it's from the two seed or the seven seed, whatever it is, uh, like, who who scares you in the AFC right now, maybe other than Baltimore, a team that the Buffalo has already beat in the playoffs or at least a version of it?
2: Well, the Bills have had a lot of success defending Lamar Jackson, right? And that's that's very true. They haven't played this version, of course, with the new offensive coordinator and Lamar yep. playing, playing really, really well. I think there is a distinct difference. If you're the two seed, you're going to host either Houston or uh, the Colts and then you're probably gonna go play the Browns, and then you have the AFC Championship game. Yeah. If, if you're the, if you're the sixth seed, your path is to Arrowhead, and then probably to Miami. And then, of course, if you get to the AFC Championship game, you gotta deal with probably the Baltimore Ravens. So I think those two paths are really, really different. Uh, you do look at the Bills and say they're a fully capable team, right? I think they can beat anyone in the entire NFL, but that's why they play the games, right? And that's how they got to six and six with goofy losses to Green Bay and the Jets and the Patriots. Uh or not Green Bay, uh, excuse me, Denver. Denver, the Jets, Patriots, uh, the Eagles, a goofy loss. So they've they've certainly shot themselves in the foot plenty that put them in this position.
1: But in terms of capacity, the Bills can play with anybody. Stay up to date all year on the Buffalo Bills by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bills on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what's wrong with the Bucks? They're winning, but... Just doesn't seem right. Before we get to that, Dalvin Cook is going to the playoffs and not with the New York Jets. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime has plenty of last-minute tickets to see your favorite team. They've also made it easy to get in the gate with flash deals and zone deals. GameTime makes it easy to find and buy tickets from every kind of event in your area. They've got views from all the seats in the venue. And they also have the lowest price guaranteed. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, on, O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The Baltimore Ravens have added Dalvin Cook to their practice squad, which will bolster their running back position for the playoffs. Cook went unclaimed on waivers after the New York Jets released him on Tuesday. Given how much the Ravens run the ball, we can assume Cook will have some potential role with the team or at the very least be injury insurance with the upside to have a big role. They can elevate him for this week's game against the Steelers. The Ravens will be running out the B squad in a game that will not affect their playoff seating. Golden State forward Draymond Green on an indefinite league suspension since December 13th is returning to the Warriors facility in the coming days to ramp up and resume play according to new reports. Green missed his 11th game when the Warriors faced Denver on Thursday night, his plan to rejoin the team to start working himself back into playoff shape, the final step toward him returning this season. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has the final say on the reinstatement timeline, but it's believed that Green will have satisfied the league's requirements to return once he is deemed properly ramped up to play. The NCAA and ESPN announced Thursday that 40 NCAA championships, including women's basketball, volleyball, baseball, and softball, will be on ESPN's network for the next eight years. The agreement includes rights to 21 women's championships and 19 men's championships. Division I women's basketball, women's volleyball, women's gymnastics, and the football championship subdivision title game will be on network television. More than 800 hours of NCAA championships will appear on ESPN's linear networks throughout the year, with 2,300 combined on linear and digital platforms. And the Wild had an awful night against the Lightning.
0: Darren Radish with two goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Minnesota Wild dropped their fourth in a row, 4-1. to one. Hey everybody, Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Recapping a 4-1 to one loss for the Minnesota Wild to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And all the pieces out of the lineup Really light day for Andre Vasilevsky as Zach Bogosian scores for the Wild, but that was pretty much it. And something called Darren Radish scored two goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who uh, also got a power play goal and an empty netter to seal the win. And if the Wild don't get production from their top level guys, such as Matt Boldy and Marcus Johansson. This is going to continue to happen until players come back from injury. For more on the Minnesota Wild, make sure you follow Lockdown Wild wherever you
1: listen to your podcasts.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: The battle of Giannis and Teddy in the Milwaukee Bucks against Victor Wembenyam in the San Antonio Spurs absolutely lived up to the primetime hype, a 125 to 121 thriller. Wemby, for his part, put in 27, 9, and 5 blocks, including. A ridiculous rejection at the rim late in the fourth quarter, but Giannis, too much, 44, 14, and seven in a Bucks win. Camille Davis from Locked on Bucks joins me now. And, and Camille, um, vibes aside, in this one where it, it felt like at times we were watching a Transformers movie with these two guys, <laughs> the, the absolute futures of the league look like these two guys. But here we are again with the Milwaukee Bucks. They get a win. And if you go on Bucks' Twitter, They'll make you think they lost. Yeah. Why is there this dissonance right now with this team?
3: It's in large part because of the standard that the Bucks have set for themselves, right? We yeah. know now with, Giannis' first season, when he started here in Milwaukee, the Bucs weren't too good. But once the Milwaukee Bucks got coach Mike Budenholzer and he came in and established some baselines for this franchise, for this organization, Bucks fans' expectations have changed. Bucks fans are used to the Bucks being a top five, if not top 10 defense at worst. They're used to this team contending regularly now. And this season, things don't look the same. This is not the same defensive first team that Bucks fans have gotten used to seeing. This is a team that's led by their offense and the defense at this point has just been so bad, especially as of late. It's causing a lot of fans to start having questions about how serious this team might be in the championship conversation at the moment.
1: Yeah, if going into the game, I told you, okay, Giannis is going to score 44. Damian Lillard is going to score 25 on relatively efficient shooting. And as a team, the Bucs were going to shoot 50% from the floor. You probably would have told me that they would beat the Spurs by what, 15, maybe 20. And that's not what happened because it was just, a layup line at times in this game. So are the fixes for the Milwaukee Bucks on this team, do you think? Is it a coaching problem? What is What are the
3: answers here? It's a really good question. And I've been thinking about that myself, and I wanted to look in particular over the last few games for the Bucks, right? Because the general consensus that I've come to with this team is that The Bucs don't need to be an elite defense. They don't need to be top five, top 10, as long as they're average. Mm -hmm. And with an elite offense, I think that this team can still compete. But what we've seen over the last five games prior to the Spurs game, it just hasn't been good enough. Uh, The Bucs have been the ninth best offense during this last five game stretch. They've been the 28th best defense in the league over the last five games. How many teams again in the NBA, Camille? 30, like they are (laughs) bottom of the barrel defense over their last five games, not including tonight's win against the Spurs and heading into this game, they were giving up 66.8 points in the paint Mm. uh, to opponents over those last five games as well. Again, just not good enough defensively for this team and Giannis mentioned it after that Pacers lost the second one, I should say of the week, just saying like it's about effort. Like guys have to have more pride in it and we haven't seen that with this team yet. And to your question about is the answer on this roster. I don't think that is the case wholeheartedly. I think once the Bucs get Jay Crowder back, that will help some, but he's not the savior to the Bucs problems. So, okay,
1: they need to make a trade then potentially or just live with not being a championship team. I don't think they're going to do the latter. So uh, how, how much of this is, okay, Chris Middleton, he plays for the first time on a back-to-back, like that would help. Or are they, is this just going to be a team that goes out and, and tries to outscore people? What, what do you think is the most likely path the Bucs take to try and get into this contending window, which we know they want to be in?
3: John Horst has shown us over the last few years in particular that he is not afraid to go out and make any changes that can upgrade this roster. We haven't seen the same play that Bucs fans have grown to love from Bobby Portis or Pat Connaughton, two crucial role players for that Bucks championship team. And we might yeah. see their names coming up some trade rumors to be able to try to get a little bit more defense for this team because we have to also keep in mind the fact that Adrian Griffin really inherited this team right there's a certain style and way that he wants to play basketball and I don't think the personnel on this team quite fits that so in a long-term view I am curious to know what this team looks like in a few years if Adrian Griffin does remain the head coach and he starts to get some of his guys in there who can play his style of basketball a little bit more but for this season, I do think you're going to see Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis' name come up a bit in Joe's trade rumors. Um, of course, we're probably going to try to hit the buyout market to see if we can shake anything there. Um, but again, I think the Bucks are hoping a lot with Jay Crowder. And when Chris Middleton is out there playing, the Bucs do look a lot better. And you saw them losing that a little bit in the second half without him being able to be out there. And a key that Chris Middleton brings as well is that He helped stabilize some of those more bench-heavy units when Dame and Giannis are sitting, and they definitely missed that in the second half tonight.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Milwaukee Bucks by subscribing to Locked on Sports Today and Locked on Bucks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, are the Clippers back? The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed, When you place a $5 bet, that's $150 if your team wins or if they lose. That's not how this is supposed to work most of the time, but FanDuel, they're cool like that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use, wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, parlays, all kinds of stuff, plus weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. FanDuel has a special wager for this week titled, We Want Fields plus 220, that Fields will rush for at least one touchdown and pass for at least another. Wager with caution. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlay is a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. James Harden's arrival didn't exactly make the Clippers a juggernaut right away. Now they seem to be tightening things up. on NBA host Nick Angstad and Pat the Designer wonder if the Clippers are back.
2: They, in, on December 1st, so about a month ago, were 11th in the West. They were 8-10. and 10. It was the end of that crazy stretch at the end where they were losing a bunch of games in a row after the Harden trade. Everybody thought they were done. Oh, Harden trade's the dumbest thing they could have ever done. Then by December 27th, they were 4th in the West. They were 18-12. and 12. They yeah. went on a 10-2 stretch right there. Now they're still 4th in the West, but they're 20-12 and 12 at this point. Since November 14th, right after the Harden trade losing streak. Since then, the Clippers are 18-6. and They have the fifth-best offense and the tenth-best defense in the NBA. What have you seen from the Clippers?
4: Uh, It feels like they're getting used to playing more than five games in a season again. Like I'm being facetious (laughs) there. But it honestly just feels like Kawhi Leonard is, is kind of settling in to playing a lot of time again. By the way, hasn't been hurt. It's crazy. It's a miracle. This guy can play basketball. He's missed 4 games with a left hip contusion. And that's it. Played back
2: to backs, played 40 minutes here and there. Nothing I mean, nothing is
4: making the Clippers organization look worse than Kawhi Leonard just not getting injured and continuing to play games even though they had him sitting out weeks at a time. But I digress. It really feels like they're kind of just settling in. And I think the the thing is right with Harden is that nobody ever thought James Harden was a bad player. People think that he's bad for the long run, right? James Harden can play. He was literally one of the best point guards in the NBA last season. What the league in assists? Are we surprised that James Harden can play here? I'm not surprised by this. I know people were like, kind of, oh my goodness, he, this is the horrible time. He's not going to be able to come back from that. Like, okay, he's having a downtime. He he's able to play again. Guess what? The real question for Harden doesn't begin till the playoffs. Just yeah. like Kawhi, yeah. just like Paul George. Everybody knows that James Harden can play in the NBA. The only two things that are sitting against James Harden right now are is he going to be available for the playoffs and is he going
1: to be a D-bag and leave another team out to dry? The thing is, you can't be back if you were never there. And in the Kawhi Leonard Paul George era and really the entire Clippers franchise history, they haven't been there. The problem is even when they look good going into the postseason, Kawhi gets hurt or Paul George gets hurt or they run into a buzzsaw of another team or some combination of those things. How are we supposed to bet on James Harden in the postseason? How are we supposed to bet on Kawhi Leonard staying healthy? How are we supposed to bet on Russell Westbrook not blowing all of this up? because he doesn't want to sit on the bench if the team goes on a four-game losing streak. How am I supposed to trust any of this? Oh, wait, I have the answer. I don't. And finally, Oklahoma State got a big win on Thursday as the NCAA granted quarterback Alan Bowman waiver for a seventh season of eligibility. His 2019 season, while at Texas Tech, was the one in question as he started three games and then missed the rest of the season with an injury he threw for over 3,400 yards for the Cowboys last year. His seventh season of eligibility. Does he get a PhD at the end of all of this? I hope so. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, with the playoffs set in the NFL, who will win the Super Bowl? So, at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.